So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We concentrate on NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. Today we're going to incorporate a little bit of uh, boxing also since there was a big fight with Pacquiao. He's back in the ring now. Uh, But just to go ahead and start off, I'm going to introduce the host. My name is Alex. And go ahead, Mohammed, say something for him. Hey, just want to say what's up to all the listeners. Thank you for listening and keep listening. Of course. Yes, we really do want you to keep listening, even though we're going through this low period of uh, sports not being at its height. But we're we're about there. Uh, training camp for football right around the corner, along with the FIFA World Cup, the NBA also. But kind of to start it off, actually, I'm going to start off with that. The FIFA World Cup, a lot of the NBA players are pulling out of competing in this competition. Uh, it, there's a list of the top lane athletes that are no longer on this roster who Greg Popovich will be the main uh, coach for this team. Do you think that being a part of the U.S. NBA basketball team is less interesting than it was in previous years? Yes, I do think it's uh, less interesting, mainly because players are trying to build their brand and win NBA championships, and they don't want to risk being injured like how Paul George was injured in that uh, USA NBA uh, practice game. Nobody wants to risk that. Yeah, I definitely agree, because who wants to risk your whole season uh, by a simple injury when you're all the way across the world? Because I think I'm pretty sure it's in China, uh, but it's it's too far away and too early to close to the season that's upcoming when it's kind of anyone's game. But in smaller news, Tim Duncan is going to be joining the coaching staff of the Spurs. Uh, with Greg Popovich, which I, we just mentioned him with the U.S. FIFA World Cup team. Do you think he's really a big difference? And what is his biggest usefulness on this team as a coach? I think he brings that championship pedigree because who other than a five-time NBA champion to coach somebody? He's played at the highest level. He's been at the highest level for many years. And he knows how to uh, play in a certain system, which is the Spurs system, which is the only team that he's played for his entire career. I would say he's the best power forward ever. Uh, I, some people could argue that, but he, uh, according to the numbers and the things he accomplished for that franchise, when he only played for that franchise, they had no rings before he was drafted on that franchise, and he ended up with five. I would have to say, yeah, he does bring championship pedigree, and he also brings culture. So he does bring the two C's, the, the two C's that I think Popovich wants to build on, on with his young group. Okay, yeah, and I have to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Tim Duncan will take over for Greg Popovich? Do you see that happening? Uh, I think that's the type of feel they, they want it to be. But I think it's a – I don't think the, the timeline is going to fit for him to actually t- take that take that spot. It might be eventual. I, I, I give it within possibly 10 years of now, but I don't think that they're going to just hand it over to him. I actually think they're going to give it uh, to their female uh, coach, assistant coach, who's going to be taking over a whole lot of calls if Greg Pop- Popovich gets kicked out. I really don't know her name, and, and don't blame me for that. I'm sorry, but I, I didn't expect her to come up. But I would think that she would be the one who actually steps in for Greg Popovich. Yeah, I can, I can see that. But as far as him being kicked out, no, he's going to leave before he's kicked out. I, I don't see Greg Popovich being kicked out by oh, the Spurs. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying like him getting kicked. I'm not even sure where I said uh, he would be getting kicked out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think that Greg Popovich is going to get kicked out. I just think that the timeline's not going to fit for when Greg Popovich. Let's. I, I might have said it there. But for when he decides to stop coaching and on Tim Duncan's actual tenure of being there, I can see the, that female coach becoming the head coach. And let's say they don't have mm, amazing seasons. 
she can even still be good, but they don't have amazing seasons, and she decides to go to another team, and then that's when Tim Duncan steps in. So within the 10-year part pattern, I think. And I do think that Greg Popovich would stop coaching in the next 10 years. He, he is pretty old. Yeah, very old. He's one of the best coaches ever, and he'll yeah. go down in the Hall of Fame as one of those. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. He is one of the greatest coaches ever, along with uh, Tim Duncan being a very pivotal uh, piece in the, the franchise of the Spurs, along with being that thing I call, uh, we all call culture. But um, with how things have been going around the NBA with different players being put on Castaway Island, guess who's still sitting there? It would be Chris Paul. Now, the Heat, guess what? Has no longer has, has interest in obtaining Chris Paul. Maybe it's a trick. Maybe it's not to de- devalue how much they actually have to give up to obtain him. I think they're taking on a contract, so either way, they, they would lose. But word on the street is that they rather have Westbrook. Would Westbrook have been more useful in Miami than being in Houston this upcoming season? Yes, I think Westbrook would have been more useful, mainly because he can play almost every game. Chris Paul, it's inevitable when he's going to get hurt. He's been hurt for multiple seasons, and it's, he's not getting any younger. The sun is dawning on his, his prime. We would all say he's out of his prime at this point, even though that might not be true, but I, we, we kind of do see it be, to be that way due to injuries. That's just what happens when it comes to older players. His contract is a little too heavy for these teams to obtain. So it does seem that he will be starting the year with, uh, with OKC. And he really isn't a bad team. He still does have Steven Adams. So do you think that OKC makes the playoffs if he actually plays a full year with OKC's current roster. Is that a joke? No, (laughs) he is not making the playoffs in the Western Conference. You see how loaded the Western Conference is? No, they are not making the playoffs. Even if Chris Paul was at the height of his abilities, he always gets hurt. And he doesn't play enough games to get them into the playoffs. And the rest of that team is not going to be enough to get there. I would be very surprised if they make the playoffs. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would definitely agree because the West is heavily loaded. He would be better off if he was in the East, which I kind of maybe think it, it's a possible trick by Miami to devalue his trade value so they can get a little bit more when they – possibly obtain him in December around the trade deadline. You know, you never know with the NBA currently. Well, as of today, the the NBA will be now investigating tampering in in shadow of the past free agency that uproar that just happened this summer. Now, within less than 30 minutes of free agency started, Loads and loads of uh, offers were already rolling in, which lets you know that these players and these teams have had communication. It's almost an invisible rule that can't be enforced. But what they're really locking down on is the possibility that the Clippers have circumvented their actual salary because Uncle Dennis, Uncle Dennis is Kawhi's uncle who has been dealing and talking to these different teams. He was asking for the Moon, Stars, and Michael Jackson's one glove. He was out there asking for everything. Seriously, he was out there asking for everything, even for there to be promotional dollars pushed Kawhi's way, which would mean he's circumventing the actual salary cap and giving the players more and more incentive to actually be on a team. That's what he was asking for. So it begs the, the question, did the Clippers actually do that. So with this whole investigation, they're actually focusing in on multiple different avenues. But the one biggest story and interesting story is whether they're actually going to obtain these servers to see whether they've circumvented the the salary cap for Kawhi. So you think that the Clippers did something special to obtain 
Kawhi, other than gaining Chris Paul, of course. Sorry, not Chris Paul, but uh, Paul George. Um, I I don't think so. I, I don't. I mean, what else could you really offer him? That what money under the table? I, I don't. I don't see what else you could really offer him that would be illegal. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I think it's a witch hunt. I think it's a witch hunt for, hey, saying that they're doing something about rules that they can't actually enforce. So they they want to do something. But I, I really don't think, because what they're saying is the possible point punishment is denying a trade. And the only person that I can remember in a recent history who got denied for a trade was actually Chris Paul to the Lakers at one point before he went to the Rockets. So that's the only time I've seen them deny a trade. Now, if that actually comes to be so, they're going to possibly deny the trade of Kawhi. Well, sorry, not the the trade, but the obtaining of Kawhi. uh, I don't see how you do that. that. In the case of Chris Paul, the only reason his was denied was because all the owners didn't want there to be a super team with Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, and the rest of the crew on the Lakers. And at the time, New Orleans was being owned by the NBA. There was no single owner. So all the owners that weren't a part of the Lakers in that trade, they wanted to veto that and make sure that didn't happen. Now, in this case, there is a team owner, and I, I don't see how they can do that. Yeah, uh, maybe I need to look a more into it, or maybe it's just a whole lot of hearsay, which I personally think it is. Other than, well, it's not just hearsay that they're taking out the investigation and they are looking into these actual things, but I think it's more hearsay about what type of punishment they would actually dole out. Uh, but just to kind of draw it back around to the the FIFA World Cup that's coming in August, a little too close to the NBA season. Uh, with this, do you think, this is an odd question and out of nowhere, but would you think that it's time for Olympic Mellow? <laughs> Olympic Mellow. Hoodie Mellow? Um, no, no, this, this Olympic Mellow, this Mellow with all the gold, gold medals, he, he is actually a legend when it comes to the U.S., uh, NBA, I keep saying NBA, but the U.S. World Basketball Team. Well, I, I guess those can count as something, but most players don't care about winning gold medals. I mean, that's that's good, but it's it's not going to get you to the point of an NBA championship. The NBA championship is the biggest accomplishment that you can get for basketball. But I think he could probably benefit from joining the team, though. He could probably play well to sell himself to a team that can pick him up and maybe jump on that L.A. Lakers bandwagon. <laughs> He's available. Well, yeah, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because the Lakers are actually leaving one roster spot open, but they're actually having that reserved for Equadala if he gets bought out by the Grizzlies. And they've actually shared this information, which could also be tampering. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's always these LA teams. Yeah, well, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is. They they think they can circumvent the rules because they are in Hollywood. They're around the money. Uh, but, <laughs> but I do think this is a perfect time for Mellow, for Olympic Mellow. I think it's the perfect setup for a send-off. You can get what Wade got. You can get what a, a couple of these other players who's uh, actually said beforehand that they're going to be retiring, like Dirk in the past this past year. Uh, you can get a little send-off a little bit different than others. It will stick out in people's line as your last hurrah. If you simply say, after this, I'm done. You play with all the young boys. You get it all in their head. Everybody remembers you because now – you are a pivotal star if you want to be on this team. It's, I think it's just really about whether Greg Popovich will want you. I'm sure he'll take him. Everybody else is leaving. I mean, what, what are you going to get, a G League player? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> it's not many players actually signing up for the only big name player who's two uh, that have reconfirmed that they're going to be playing in it. It would be Kimball Walker and Donovan Mitchell. Those are the only ones who's reconfirmed that they will be uh, playing. Now, players to draw out, it would be Zion Williamson. He actually has drawn out uh, along with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, a lot of the uh, players, Anthony Davis, he's drawn out. Uh, pretty much all of the big names are saying they're not playing. Uh, Damian Lillard, he's already said he's not going to be going. It, it's it's a large list. Even DeRozan, who we wouldn't even care that much if he said he wasn't going, but he said he's not going either. <laughs> I, I think it's justified not them not participating in that. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I think it's not that big of a deal because we don't put as much port importance on the in, the U.S. NBA team because uh, it, they have a catch-22 in their situation. If they lose, we're absolutely going to kill them in the media. We don't care what team you put on the, uh, on the court. If you had nothing but college players, we still expect the U.S. to win. The basketball, at least the basketball World Cup, uh, when it comes to this, uh, this and every year, this comes around in four years. Now, if you win, nobody really cares. You were supposed to win. So uh, it's, it's, it's whatever when it comes to the players who are actually on the team. And it's really a more about you better win. Yeah, just don't lose. Just don't <laughs> lose. I agree. Just don't lose. And if they do, oh, God bless. God bless the uh, whoever who is to blame. In the loss in the situation, where yeah, I just—it's not going to be Greg Popovich, but it's going to be somebody if that was to go down. Uh, but to kind of move it on, there was a big fight this past weekend. Uh, a name that may be quite familiar, whether you are a fan of boxing or not, Pacquiao. Pacquiao fought Thurman this uh, previous weekend, and Pacquiao shows that he hasn't lost a step. He's also a member of uh, Congress in his country. He's also a R&B star. And this is real facts. Look it up. Pacquiao is a quite talented uh, man, on top of being a boxer who's fought in previous bigger fights, Mayweather. Now, uh, with how do you feel about him winning this title when it was a split decision? I, I think it's pretty much justified. I, I feel like Every hit that he made, it really counted. The other guy, he tagged Pacquiao sometimes, but it really didn't affect him. Pacquiao was moving very fast and making his his hits count. You could even yeah. tell, and I think it was either the first or second round where he just tagged him right in the face, and he fell. Thurman fell straight to the uh, to the mat. Oh. Yeah, and he, he was hit. looking confused. <laughs> yeah, he, he played very safe after that point. Very safe. And Pacquiao just couldn't get the full knockout after that point. But I actually think he wanted a little bit more than a, a split decision. I, I really don't like how you obtain the belt if it becomes split in a decision. Why have judges if you can get a uh, split right down the middle? Uh, but I do think that Pacquiao won this fight, and it's just a precursor to him possibly fighting Mayweather again. I'm pretty sure they would ha love to have the bankroll again that they produce when they decide to have a fight. Okay. Do you really want to see that? Mayweather, no, no. Pacquiao, too. I don't want to see it. Uh, like, uh, trust, trust me, I don't want to see it. But I'm telling you, there's always a market for it simply because of the names. And is would that be their second time fighting or third? It'll be a second. Okay, second. Okay, so you they would have that rematch, and you know Mayweather don't turn down money. Yeah, if you set the Not bar high money. enough. Well, yeah, you you got to set the bar high enough with money for him to come back. I agree. I definitely agree. And but Pacquiao is the name that would bring the bucks. They can make even more than they made before, which they got, uh, oh, my God, ridiculous amount. I wish I really had the numbers in front of me, but it was a ridiculous amount of money for 
uh, maybe an hour fight. Uh, it actually wasn't even that long. It wasn't even an hour fight. Uh, you can say the prelims and uh, everything else lasted a whole lot more than that. Uh, but I'll move on to a different sport that is also fighting, the UFC, where Greg Hardy, a former NFL player, has found a little, actually a good amount of success in uh, this field of USC. Now, he has had previous issues with domestic violence along with other issues with the law. Um, but I, I, we'll, we'll get into that part of those things a little bit later. How do you feel he actually performed in this fight? Because he did win. Yeah, he won, won pretty quickly. Uh, the guy, I'm not sure what the other guy's 15 name seconds. is. Yeah, the other guy, he was trying to take Greg Hardy down. But that was a huge mistake because he just kept wailing on his head. And the ref ended it after that because the guy didn't react. And yeah. he's the guy, he's looking around all confused, like, why you stopped the fight? But if you're not going to react, you obviously have been concussed or yeah, pretty heavy damage. I agree. I definitely agree. So I think he does have uh, a, a mini future and. UFC. I I hope for his sake he don't catch the wrong person, uh, or he doesn't just talk to the wrong person. He's not a big just talker as far as I know. Uh, he's more about himself and uh, promoting his 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 ability. Uh, but I, I think that he is building in a whole separate sport that actually promotes violence, which he has been a part of. Uh, but to make a good uh, segue here, there's been news in the NFL, and I'm actually let Muhammad take it on this one. Okay, and on this subject, we're going to be talking about Tyreek Hill. And as far as the NFL goes, Tyreek Hill was in trouble for domestic violence uh, recently, and NFL wide receiver. And I'm just going to run down the timeline of how we got here. So December 11th, 2014, Tyreek Hill was arrested for domestic assault and battery. He was arrested for punching his then eight-week pregnant uh, girlfriend. God. And then August 21st, 2015, Hill received three years of probation after he pleaded guilty on charges of domestic abuse. As a part of his plea agreement, Hill attended a 52-week batterer intervention course and was supervised for two years. And then after that, he was, of course, drafted by the Chiefs. Um, many teams overlooked him because of his past domestic violence. And then March 5th, 2019, police called to Hill's home to investigate a report of child abuse or neglect. So... At this point, um, Hill's name is directly listed on the on that report, but the case was closed three days later when the prosecution was declined. And then the NFL looks into it, and now we've come to the point where they find no evidence, and Tyreek Hill has not been suspended for any games, even though we did we did get a clip of Tyreek Hill talking to his girlfriend, same girlfriend that he has a child with, saying that his son is afraid of him. And then Tyreek Hill says, you should be too. Now, as far as all of this, what do you think the NFL should have done? Well, I, I, I think ooh, yeah, I, I'll get to that kind of question because I, I think I got to go begin one part to get to for you to understand my answer, because my answer is going to be, I think the NFL should get out of the punishing players uh, business. Now, that would mean that would, from that angle, it would seem insensitive to what's going on, but I'll explain why. Because <laughs> okay. just to kind of round it up, it's been about, what, at least eight months, seven months since the whole situation I went down and he got suspended. It was still the regular season, right? When he got got suspended, or was it mm, playoffs? No, he he was never suspended. He he, he never, never missed a game. No, nope, oh, he wow, he wow. never missed a game. I, I must be thinking about 
any of all these other players, <laughs> to be real. It, <laughs> it always happens. Yeah, not to be too <laughs> funny. And I think it was another Chiefs player. Uh, but it, it was Kareem Hunt. Kareem he was Hunt, the one who was yeah. suspended. And then yeah, they, the, from the same team, they released Kareem Hunt. He was suspended for basically the rest of the season. I think he ended up on the commissioner's exempt list. But then he was soon brought back into the fold. And now the Cleveland Browns have picked him up. And I think he will be suspended for six games, the first six games of this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, see, yeah, I, it, is, it is. This is a systemic problem with the NFL. And that's one reason why my answer is they should get out of the business of anything that's not against the rules of gambling and performance enhancing. Because they're they're always going to be to blame and they're never going to do enough because their investigations are never going to be good enough. These people, <laughs> it's it's just not going to be good enough. It, and the reason why the, the, their, their investigations aren't going to be good enough is because by the time they actually get to these people, the people they need to interview, they never come about. They never come to testify. They never come to... to it, it puts them out on a limb. They put them out on the spotlight where now this person who more than likely influences their income and is still close to them and still has to be involved with them no matter what, after the whatever the NFL does, they now have, they're, they're at odds with that person. So they no longer, they don't come to testify. They don't come to say that anything's wrong. We've seen this with Ray Rice. We've seen this with multiple different people. And I, I just think they should back out of saying that they're going to be disciplinarians for everything that goes on outside of things that aren't on the field. Let the government deal with the government things. And if you're if you're in jail or you you have to do uh, probation or things like that, then you you apply suspension to those things. But it leaves the onus off of the NFL. I'm just going to say that. You are probably specifically pointing towards the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell. Yeah. He should get out of this business, which <laughs> I, I think it is true. Um, but I, I know every situation is different as far as players and their misconduct. But I think the NFL should have very strict rules to the point where if you cause any type of misconduct or um, lacks integrity to the game, minimum these amount of games, minimum. Doesn't matter if you're found guilty or not, minimum this amount of games. Now, if you are somebody who's guilty and it's a very egregious type of uh, occurrence, then you can add on more of those games. But this, they, they always lose, like you said. I would say they already do have these rules. It's just always a way to circumvent these rules if you are of the blue blood. If you are of the one percenters, the best players in the league. This is an entertainment business. It's not about being honor in this situation. The Raiders will take on all comers of bad attitudes and domestic abuse and uh, problems. This has been in the history of the NFL. So there will always be ways around the type of punishment they try to dole out. And in in these situations, their actual product suffers, which they're not willing to give up. But it it doesn't seem like their rules are completely... Like you're gonna get this amount of games if this happens, no, no. You're because right. but because they in the situation with Ezekiel Elliott, he was suspended for six games for the same thing, um, domestic violence, where this woman from I think college said that he did this thing to her, and they went to they went through multiple trials and nobody found anything. But he was still suspended for six games. And Ezekiel Elliott, he was trying to fight it. He still okay. ended up serving the six games. And in this most recent situation, Ezekiel Elliott, this past summer, I think maybe a few months ago, in Houston, he pushed the security guard that ran up on him. Now, I, I know <laughs> the guy 
who ran up on Ezekiel Elliott, he deserves some fault, but it just looks bad on the league. And Ezekiel Elliott got no punishment for shoving this guy on the ground. So it's really situational in all of these things that the NFL does. They, they're, they're really inconsistent. And that is their excuse. You're actually making the case for me. Their hard rules. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Because they have a hard rule that there's a loose rule. Conduct detrimental to the league, which makes it situational. Now, conduct detrimental to the league requires suspension. That's, that's their hard rule. But their soft rule is it's all situational, which it is. It is all situational. So they lean on how bad and where's the truth and what's really one story versus another story, which means they're not going to actually be able to solve these things. They just need to back out. They need to back out, say they are not judge and jury, and stop this because they even start to punish people who are actually aren't guilty. And situations because at this point you are guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. Okay. Well, in the situation of Tyreek Hill, do you think he's guilty? Oh hell, yeah. I'm sorry to say it like this, but hell yes, I think he's guilty. <laughs> I think he yes, he should have been suspended for a full year, if not banned from the league, due to his contract detrimental to the league. His child is scared of him. He's had a long history resume of domestic abuse. It, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to see that he is an abusive person. And actually, I think that partly, just a random thought, but I think the NFL might be afraid of the type of research that would go into aggression in football. Not outside of the actual regular aggression. I'm talking about the head the head trauma and things like that that leads to uh, domestic uh, abuse and things like that. Okay. I mean, I, I guess that would be a good a good research um, yeah. idea, but I'm not sure what if that it's... that Will Smith did? Concussion? Yeah, it's concussion. Oh, yeah. It, it made me think different about football. It definitely... I did not want to watch it because I knew it was going to make me feel different about football. I've won state championships in football in North Carolina was ranked the number one nation uh, school in the nation. So trust me, I, I have reasons to love football. But Concussion, that movie made me realize what the truth is out here. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I already knew what it was all about. I, I see that um, multiple sports are trying to, uh, they're trying to reduce the concussions, even soccer. Um, I think now, they don't allow kids to start trying to use their head for the ball until a certain age. I'm thinking it's maybe around 10 to 12. Now I I played soccer for a long time and there was no type of rule like that. Yeah, I I agree. And they're actually doing a growing study on the effects of these kids starting earlier in their years uh, on these sports and training their bodies like this, that when they get to these certain parts in their Let's say you get make it to the professional leagues and stuff like that. Your body wears down because your knees are bad at this point because you've constantly been doing this since you were seven, six years old. Uh, like they, this, especially in the NBA and also in the NFL when it comes to concussions. Yes. Um, but on a lighter note, we're going to move yeah. on to yeah, yeah. Uh, Madden. Madden 20 will be coming out on August 2nd. And Madden has released their top 10 quarterbacks for this upcoming season. Really, their top 10 rated quarterbacks in the game. And I'm just going to run down the top 10. So I'm going to start off with number 10. Number 10 is Cam Newton, rated at an 84. Number 9 is Ben Roethlisberger, rated at an 85. Number 8 is Matt Ryan, Rated at 89. Number seven is Aaron Rodgers at 90. Number six is Russell Wilson at 91. Number five is Andrew Luck at 92. Number four is Drew Brees at 92. Number three is Philip Rivers at 94. 
Number two is Tom Brady at 96. And the number one rated quarterback is Patrick Mahomes at 97. Now, with all of this, who who is... No, what's your biggest surprise as far as rankings? Well, my biggest surprise is a lot of disrespect on that uh, on the bottom end of that list, like the the five through ten area, like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers at seven. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm really surprised with them. Uh, I, I'm, okay, I'm just I'm just really surprised. Okay, well, part. well, just to give you some numbers from last year. Aaron Rodgers, he threw for 4,442 yards, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Threw 25 touchdowns, only two interceptions, which mm. is, you know, that's that's great. Good which I touch, mean is disrespect. Touchdown to interception ratio. But he only had a 56.8 QBR out of 100. 56 point. Eight. QBR uh, does does that actually have to do? Is that really mostly on his performance alone, or is it also on wins? Also, does there a percentage of it on wins? It it basically it factors in everything when it comes to the quarterback. I thought that, yeah, and that down to I think even wins is also calculated in that. No, I can see that. Uh, we we all kind of know his defense hasn't been top tier in Green Bay, but I think there's some disrespect there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to the other disrespect on here because one thing that really stuck out is Cam Newton being number ten. I, what do you? Where in the world do you think that uh, Cam Newton is less than Ben Roethlisberger? In what year? Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, Cam Newton can be very inconsistent. He and Ben Roethlisberger... Be, he, go ahead. But he was very good last year and, t- and before he got hurt. So it, that, I think that's... Uh, that's unless they're very good? On him, if you look at the, his first eight games, yes. So before he, he got hurt. He, he threw 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. 57.4 QBR. And when, oh, when what, what are you going to do with that? When did those interceptions happen, though? That's what I'm telling you. Like, after he got hurt, he kept playing. He didn't get hurt and stop playing. He got hurt and kept playing for a large percentage of the rest of that season, which is where the downfall really, really happened. Those first eight games, he really did do well. Yeah, but if you go back and look at um, Cam Newton's career, he has been up and down. I mean, I really like Cam Newton. He's a he's a very good quarterback. He I, I think he's properly placed. Really? Mm-hmm. I where where would you rank him in this? I would have put him no less than seven. But I do put him above him. I I, well, I, I just think for future reference, like I mean, not future reference, but for future like potential, I'm still I'm I'm I'm, I'm putting Cam Newton. I'm not picking up Matt Ryan. He's a conventional quarterback. <laughs> well, yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan, um, I think he's pretty good. He, he's not the best quarterback, but he, he's pretty good. But, I mean, just to add to your um, argument, the Panthers did have a better record. No, actually, they, they tied. They were both 7-9 and nine last year. Um, yeah. But the Falcons' defense, they got completely depleted in their first two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. So their 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 defense was terrible, but their offense was still pretty good. Um, I I'm pretty much good with these rankings. I mean, I I'd probably put uh, Philip Rivers at maybe five instead of three. Drew mm-hmm. Brees up there. Yeah. Russell Wilson would make my top five. He's at yeah. six, but he'll make my top five. I'm cool with him at six. Like, I'm actually cool with him at six. Uh, cause, because of, I'm not sure what weapons he has for the upcoming season. A, a couple of different things on that. So I'm actually comfortable with him being at six. I think they gave a lot of love to Brady and Breeze. They're leaning on the fact that Breeze won the, sorry, Brady won the Super Bowl and Breeze, Breeze got, had an amazing year 
short of winning the MVP because Patrick Mahone came through and tore the whole world of conventional quarterback up. Yeah, but I think Drew Brees was a little less consistent than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. was on fire throughout most of the season. Uh, Drew Brees, coincidentally, after playing the Dallas Cowboys, I think that was on a Monday night game, that everybody predicted that the Saints were just going to destroy the Cowboys, including myself. Since that game, Drew Brees wasn't the same. I, I would say the same because it, it catches up to you uh, when you're a little bit older and you play these games, especially football. Uh, but Tom Terrific is still out here winning rings. Uh, yeah, he has nothing. Le- he has nothing left to prove. Nothing. I don't even see why he didn't just walk away. I honestly don't see why he didn't. So you can have seven rings and have the most out of any team because they're now tied with. I think the Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah. And, the Steelers. Okay. Yeah. Just the Steelers. So, and just, I'm not sure whether you had it on your uh, list to mention, but uh, Gronk is uh, debating whether he's actually going to come out of, I guess, his mini retirement here. Um, I think that that would be good for the Patriots. Um, he's mainly only good in spots, which is really great. I mean, whenever he can get open. He's he's great, but he can't last as as long. So I wouldn't mind him coming back. It would decrease on the injuries, and he'd be fresh heading into the playoffs. Even if like he came midway through the season, I'm pretty sure they would just still save oh, him. Oh, they would love that. for the play. Yeah, they would just save him for the playoffs. Actually, I think that's what he would end up doing. Like he'll just he'll sit around, rest up play this I'm retired game, talk to the, the Patriots, go to the Patriots games, wait till, hey, let's say game 10 uh, of the season, which means there would be uh, six more games left, just enough to warm up, get enough, enough chemistry uh, if they're in contention at game 10. Because I think after game 10, you'll be able to kind of size it up whether they're just going to be at the bottom or they're going to make the playoffs again and have home field advantage. I think all of those are particularly important uh, when it comes to his decision to possibly come back. Uh, but um, go, got in it in a different way, uh, back towards the quarterback list there. Um, Brett Favre recently said that he sees himself more, he sees himself in these two new quarterbacks, these unconventional quarterbacks specifically Johnny Manziel and Patrick Mahone. Who do you see more of, more Brett Favre in when it comes to those two quarterbacks? Um, did he specifically say Johnny Manziel in, yeah. in this? Yeah, okay. yeah I, would, I would not have chosen Johnny Manziel. I'm telling you, no, I would not have chosen him. <laughs> no, not, not I, me I either. Were, I don't even think they're that, that similar, but hey, in his eyes, that's what he sees. I I guess he can say as far as the college Johnny Manziel, but he just disrespected himself because Johnny Manziel is not good at all. But uh, sorry, Pat- sorry. I'll, you know what? Actually, let me change that. It, I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. I honestly oh. get down so confused most times. <laughs> I seriously because they was at the same team, they're the same type of quarterback, same type of school, not the same background though. Uh, but I meant to say <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield, not Johnny Manziel. Okay, that that sounds better. Um, as far as which one, I'd probably say, yeah, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield would be the one that Brett Favre is most like. Um, Patrick Mahomes. He just seems like he's just on another level. Like, <laughs> this guy makes all type of plays, even the unconventional plays where it looks like he's going to throw it one way and he just twists his arm and throws it like a sidearm. He, he's kind of playing football like a baseball player. And I think yeah. he played baseball in college for a long yeah. time. Yeah, he, could, he and, also was a, a type of football player who got drafted in the, uh, the MLB also. Yeah, and uh, I think 
Baker Mayfield, he has that type of swagger to him that he just thinks that he's just just the man. That and guy. he just yeah, he's just that guy. He just runs the place. Which is great. That's great to have. But that can oh, yeah. blow up in your face. Well, he he has to feel that way since uh, the Browns finally got a relevant team for real contention uh, for possibly winning an actual Super Bowl. They have a really talented team around Baker Mayfield. And I would agree that Brett Favre, I would see most Brett Favre in Baker Mayfield. I think with Patrick Mahomes, I think Brett Favre wished he could be Patrick Mahomes. That I would, he wished he could have been him. <laughs> nah, yeah, because uh, Patrick Mahomes so far has not thrown anywhere the amount of interceptions like Brett Favre. Now, we see that um, most of these quarterbacks, whenever they come back for a second year, the NFL phases them out a little bit more. So we'll see for this upcoming 2019 NFL season. But I feel like Patrick Mahomes, he's here to stay for a while, and he mm-hmm. is that quarterback of the future. So, and uh, sorry, this is late, but Greg Hardy's fight was 45 seconds, not 15 seconds. I meant to say that earlier, <laughs> just to be way off note. But with Patrick Mahomes, uh, he is here to stay. And even if he had a little bit of a down year, that would mean 40 touchdowns, not 50. I think he has 52 last year, but I know he had at least 50 touchdowns last year. So even a down year is a great year in that yeah. way. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he had, let me see, he had 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and he threw for just over 5,000 yards, 82 QBR. Yeah, and the, the interceptions were late in the season. Did they count the playoffs also in that? No, that's just regular season. Just regular season, okay, yeah. And, but I'm pretty sure those uh, interceptions, a lot of those interceptions were late in the season because he was just being absolutely perfect and a great He's, he's the biggest show when it comes to the NFL in this upcoming season. That's, yes. That's their new golden boy. That's their golden boy in training. Yeah, I agree. And I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, even though I'm a Patriots fan, I, I'm really excited to see where he goes. What do you mean? No, I'm, I'm saying, like, even though I'm a Patriots fan, I'm, oh, exci- I'm excited. Yeah, as far career. as his career. Yeah. Okay, oh, I thought you meant like leaving uh, the Chiefs. I don't think that. I, I was like, "What are you talking about? Are you telling me something I don't know?" No, no, I'm not an insider, not okay, yet. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. But yes, we uh, a lot of things with this NFL season is is up in the air. But I really think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the biggest show and the biggest draw to the NFL. But this has been so you think you know sports. We're moving on to the second part, which is our trivia part. It will be three questions, all multiple choice. Your guess is about as good as mine. It could be from any sport. I'm not sure what Muhammad has in store. But go ahead and go with the first question, Muhammad. Which of the following past NBA Hall of Famers has the most championship rings? A, Wilt Chamberlain. B, Larry Bird. Or C, Dennis Rodman. Hmm. Now, Dennis. Uh, okay. Now I don't want to say out the numbers because I'm gonna say it in a moment on uh, how many I think each one has because I think I, I know the answer on this one. Um, but uh, Wood Chamberlain, he existed in what like the 70s in the NBA. 70s, 60s, somewhere around there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right around there. And then Larry Bird is the 80s and 90s, like earlier, early 90s. And then you have uh, the last one, Dennis Rodman, which is purely the 90s and his, his craziness uh, when he was a part of the uh, Bulls and other teams, too. Uh, but go ahead and repeat the question and answer again for him. Which of the following past NBA Hall of Famers? has the most championship rings? A, Wilt Chamberlain, B, Larry Bird, or C, Dennis Rodman? Mm. Now, these are very great players because they are Hall of Famers. Uh, that That is kind of already spoken, but these are 
highly, highly uh, talented players during their time, even though most people would see Dennis Rodman as a, a giant clown at this point. Because uh, and, and he dresses like one. Yeah, he's he's actually always done that, which makes it even weirder, even back when it was a, a little more pretentious to do that. But, yeah, one last time with the question and answer, and then I'll go ahead and answer this. Which of the following past NBA Hall of Famers has the most championship rings? A, Wilt Chamberlain, B, Larry Bird, or C, Dennis Rodman? Okay. And I, I think y'all have had, a, have had enough time here. And I know that Larry Bird, he has no more than three, and I don't think he ha- even has three championships. I think he has two. Um Dennis Rodman, he has at least four, uh, because it's not five. Um, but he had three with the Bulls, and if not four, because I'm just not exactly sure on which year, but I'm pretty sure with he was with them for three, and then one with the Pistons, uh, the Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, not sorry, not the Bad Boy Pistons, but the other Pistons. Uh, before no, that's that. right. That's right. It that is the Bad a, Boy Pistons. Right okay, okay, the Bad Boy Pistons. Um, so I'm saying it's going to be Will Chamberlain because I think he has six. That's wrong. What? <laughs> it's Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman has the most? He has five oh. ranks. Yeah, I thought he had five. Larry Bird has three. Will Chamberlain only has two. He only has two? Wow. Well, yep. I, I definitely I'm, maybe I'm thinking of a different uh, older older player who has a lot of rings. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. There we go. Dang it. See, uh, skinny, lanky, and black. I'm sorry. Trying to typecast them real quick. But <laughs> 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 well, that's what the whole league looked like in the '60s and '70s. And maybe I, I just kind of meshed all the ideas together. Uh, but go ahead with the next question. Yeah, I thought you had that last one. You, you were setting yourself up for the last one. I don't know why you picked Will Chamberlain. I don't know. I Because I knew Dennis Rodman was part of the Bad Boy Pistons. He had two of them with them and then three with the uh, Bulls. That is, that's right. So I thought you were going to pick Dennis Rodman. I don't know. But <laughs> on to the next one. Which of the following pro NFL teams did, you know, Uncle Shay, Shay Sharp, mm-hmm. Shannon mm-hmm. Sharp, not play for? Mm. A, Denver Broncos. B, Baltimore Ravens, or C, San Francisco 49ers? Honestly, this is actually easy for me, even though his name is kind of close to, if you know football, it could be a little confusing because he has a name that's kind of close to another player that played on the team he didn't play on. (laughs) But (laughs) go ahead with the question. I don't want to give him the answer, but go ahead with the question and answer again. Which of the following pro NFL teams did Shannon Sharp not play for? A, Denver Broncos, B, Baltimore Ravens, or C, San Francisco 49ers? Hmm. I, I know I know this, so it's, it's kind of hard not to say the answer. <laughs> but Shannon, Shannon Sharp uh, is the guy who you see on uh, Undisputed. No- Oh, no, excuse me. I was about to say this whole song out in my head to get the name, but... <laughs> no mercy. But, yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. No mercy, but... <laughs> a little way in my head, but... Uh, yeah, he, he's a trip. He's on there with Skip Bayless on Fox Sports 1. I do like to watch them. Uh, he is quite hilarious. Um, Shay Shay, Uncle uh, Shannon Sharp. But uh, I'll go ahead and answer the question. Uh, and he did not play for the San... Francisco 49ers. He did play for Broncos, which he is most famous for being on their uh, team, and he played on the uh, Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis also. So he did not play for the San Francisco 49ers. That is correct. That that was a pretty easy one <laughs> if yeah. you watch Undisputed, because he always says what team he plays for. Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> but uh, you you could people could get it wrong. It, it wasn't like. It shouldn't be too, too hard. It was just right. But go ahead with yeah. the last question, and we'll meet you next uh, Wednesday when our, our next uh, episode comes out. It's going to get more and more interesting uh, with the subjects as we go along, uh, getting closer to the actual seasons, whether that be the World Cup, 
uh, with the different sports and basketball, uh, then NFL, and then the NBA season. But go ahead with that last question, Muhammad. Which of the following teams got finessed more by Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> A, the L.A. Lakers, B, OKC Thunder, or C, Toronto Raptors? Mm. Oh, now, <laughs> I, I think this is a subjective question. I don't think there's a true, true answer, but there kind of is. Like, like it's a nice in-between because I think I know what you're going to be leaning on on uh, finesse. If you don't know what finesse means, it means kind of got over on or got the best of in a way. Uh, but go ahead with the question and answer one more time for him. Which of the following teams got finessed more by Kawhi Leonard? A, the L.A. Lakers, B, OKC Thunder, or C, Toronto Raptors. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to uh, draw this out for you all because this is slightly a subjective question because I'm kind of interested on what his his explanation for the answer is going to be. I'm talking about Muhammad here. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say is the Toronto Raptors. I think they, they bought fully in because uh, the Lakers still made out good in the end by holding out. Well, for me, this, this that's right. It is a subjective question. But for me, I say it's the Lakers because <laughs> they completely bought in to thinking that he was coming to the Lakers. And they are obviously very upset that he did not come to the Lakers after everybody in the media was saying that there's like almost a 90% chance that he's going to the Lakers. And now Kawhi's getting all this backlash from um, joining the Clippers and having Paul George being pulled from the Thunder, which I, I mean, he might've finessed them a little bit, the, the Thunder, but they'll be all right. They got plenty of draft picks. The Toronto Raptors, they, I know they, they really wanted Kawhi, but they're pretty good with their championship. They got theirs, so they, they're good. But the Lakers are feeling the most upset about this. Well, uh, you could have even said OKC because they no longer have any – they got some big-name stars, but they, they don't have the big-name stars they want uh, right now. I, I want to – we have a new nickname alert, and I'm not going to take ownership of this name because I didn't, I didn't make it. Actually, it was Shannon Sharp. We're going to go back to the last question. We're going to call him Kawhi Zay Because Kawhi Zay be out here talking to everybody. He is out here pulling tricks on everyone. If you don't know, uh, uh, what's his uh, Sose in baseball? Uh, what's the other, what's his first name? Sosa? Sammy Sosa? No, no, Sose. Uh, the, the, the guy um. who ratted, ratted on everybody. Well, uh, it, it's, a, it's a play on names. Uh, well, with Kawhi, I think he really he got done up more. He, he really took more from the Raptors. He, he gave them the hope. He pretty much said no to a full country, a stake in Drake's uh, company, all the food he can eat, and free range across a full country. Uh, with open door to every single door. Literally got the key to the city, and I'm pretty sure everybody would, in uh, Toronto would act like he actually could get into any home. <laughs> but I, that's why I say that. The Lakers are still number one or number two contenders to win the NBA championship, so they can't get but so done up when they he actually did them a favor by not taking up the money they needed to fill out the rest of the roster. They would have had absolute scrubs, absolute scrubs after, like, the third man, which would be the, those three main stars. Now they actually got to spread the wealth. They, they get boogie on a small contract. They get all the players they really needed. And and if they pull off getting Equidala, because they just added on uh, Giannis' little brother, which I think is like a where they – LeBron's hedging his bet because we all think that LeBron's controlling the Lakers right now. But uh, 
Yeah, side note, if they, if, but if they get Iguodala with that last roster spot, they would have pulled off everything they really wanted in the second hand. Okay, well, we're, we're just going to disagree. B. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool disagree. I, I'll, I'll take that as a half win. I got one and a half. Okay. All right, but uh, we definitely, like, we really did have a lot of fun, and we'll we'll keep it interesting even with this little, little sports. Uh, and this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Good night. <laughs>